Great app, everybody. Yeah, that was a good one. That was one of our best, actually. <laughs> uh, should we do some intro banter stuff at the end of this recording here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, I'll do something about like the World Cup, how it like it's already over, and we're still doing this bit of the Hireling World Cup, and it's going to take us all season to actually finish this thing. It'll take us until the next World Cup to get through. <laughs> <laughs> it's the definition of evergreen. Just <laughs> 2026, baby. Goes and come. goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, just when we were about to finish the series, uh, Lita released that 28 new hirelings pack. <laughs> That's what they were working on this whole time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just 28 pink hirelings. <laughs> uh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, the deceptive chinchillas. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite realize how... Many people didn't really care for the hirelings once those episodes started coming out. Not that people were like slamming them, but people were like, why are you putting these in the game? I feel very strongly about this, okay? Okay. A lot of people play Super Smash Brothers with the items turned off. Ugh. Interesting. And those people aren't playing the game. You know what I mean? (laughs) They are trying to make it into some competitive, like, the best person wins. But Root is a game of chaos, and I play with all the items on, baby. Not very high frequency, but like high frequency. Not the hammer. Like, oh, I'll play, play with the all, hammer. All, so all weapons. All, all weapons. items. Mm-hmm. All items. Laser swords, Pokeballs. Pokeballs. <laughs> um, to offer an analogy, it's it's like, you know, playing music in like a, a concert hall versus like busking. Mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> playing Smash Bros with items on is like you just get what you get. It's a, it's a day and things are going crazy. <laughs> but tournament Smash Bros. I mean, do you think that like the root tournament experience is like significantly cleaner than the like casual game of root? Not from my experience. <laughs> Clean is never a, a adjective I would use. I yeah, think. for any game of root. Um <laughs> really? But I'm I'm happy that the there that Garrick is not including the hirelings yet into a tournament, and maybe he never will. I'm interested in a tournament with hirelings, but more of what I think is like this game has them, and they are fun to play with. They um, are yeah. fun. Yeah. Are they as impactful as a new faction? No. Uh, but they're better than landmarks, except for the Lost City. Maybe is the main argument against them essentially that they give an early points leader, an additional lead. I think it's just extra. I think people feel there's enough in the game already. Yeah. That it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like just a little bit of a distraction maybe from the, the gameplay that's happening. Sure. Um, it's just another variable. Yeah. It's another boulder rolling through the hills. Yeah. I think like, like when people play with fan factions or fan decks or something, I'm like, this is all just like a part of the game. The game of root is like, looking at all the asymmetry and all the things that could happen and how they might interact and trying to get through the gauntlet of the other players to 30 points. Oh my gosh. Speaking of getting through a gauntlet of other players, we have some awesome root news today. Root news! (laughs) That's right, folks. Everyone's playing root all together at the same time. We're talking about community plays root. Oh, baby. Um... (laughs) This is madness. Um, I uh, all right. So let's let's talk about a little bit what it is. PJ Darkar is leading the community plays route, right? Is it, there are some other people too we need to mention? There's probably a, a good passel of people, but I'd say P, PJ definitely started it. We've mentioned it on the pod a couple times already oh, when it was first getting started. But it's essentially uh, if you join up on the Discord, you get slotted into one of four teams, and then. That team kind of all debates what they want to do every turn. And then a team leader kind of helps settle the debate and then takes out the orders. And then the community, the the admins of the Discord itself, runs the game on a tabletop simulator and takes screenshots to show all the progress to all the players. And it's been a blast. Also madness. <laughs> I mean, it really, uh, when you're thinking about playing a game of Root, sometimes you're like, mm, if I move these here and I move those there, then I could do that, right? But sometimes, like in in real life, you'll even move the pieces or you might say to your players, hey, does anyone mind if I move a couple things around just to like get a different view of the board if I did a couple things? But when you are 
trying to like play via forum kind of what this is <laughs> you have to imagine so much of what is going to happen like okay we're going to move two birds from this clearing to that clearing using this card to do it okay that will trigger outrage so which card would we discard you know there's so much to think about and you have to communicate that with everyone on your team how big are these teams the paragraphs it's yes. absolutely amazing <laughs> Um, that's a great question. I'm going to see how many people are on my team. I think I got 24 on my team. I have about 23, so that sounds right. 25. Yeah. I yeah. got 23. I have 23 yeah. as well. And Kyle, you're on team... Armchair Avians. <laughs> We're team three. We are the Eerie Dynasties. And uh, it's been it's been cute because everyone changed their uh, server um username to be like bird themed like i'm waterfowl one two one there <laughs> really dumb uh but i'm actually really enjoying it i was just gonna say there's been so many like paragraph posts because people have to go through like all the permutations of their thing and like i've gotten into just like taking a screenshot of the board and just drawing arrows all over it like i do in my videos <laughs> and i'm just uploading that straight to everybody it's it's kind of great like <laughs> <laughs> this is a cool format. I had such, like, no expectations for this. I was like, this is going to be a big old party, and it's going to be madness. And now that it's, what, three or four weeks into it, I'm happy to say I was both very wrong and also very right. <laughs> <laughs> like, the madness is true, but it is a whole lot of fun, and there is a system in place, and it's actually being driven quite clearly. I am so impressed with how this thing is, is laid out where – they just type out what they're doing uh, on a turn, and um, the the admins respond with the rolls of the dice or ask if you need to discard or you're going to do an ambush. And it's all very prim and proper, given the fact that there's, like, 20 people on each team like submitting ideas for what the actual order should be. Prim and proper is totally correct. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where, like, in correspondence chess, where you have a really long time to kind of deliberate with your team before you, like send a move off to be played on the board. It's like everything, all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. It's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm part of the Croocracy, and um, we have had no paragraph problems because in the Croocracy, we use bullet points. And let me tell you, it has been so efficient for communication. That's great. <laughs> most people's bullet points don't exceed one line for the most part. Mm. So it's been a whole lot of like, we do this, we do this, we do this, we do this. And then there's some emote voting back and forth. And usually we have a pretty strong consensus, which is probably why we're destroying. Okay. Yeah, the All crows right. are slaying right now. It's turn four or five, and you guys have like a five, <laughs> six point lead, right? I, I mean, come on. The crows, I mean, of the factions, that's one of the easier ones to pilot as a group, okay? Oh, okay. I, I asked my team before we chose factions, do we want to be something like easily pilotable, but maybe a little underpowered like the lizards or crows? Or do we want something complicated that might be powerful? And everyone's like, complicated and powerful. <laughs> um, so that's why we're arguing about badger paragraphs uh, back and forth for a couple of oh, That is boy. true. You do have a lot more uh, <laughs> order of operations to deal with with the badgers. It's, I mean... Every turn, like, you can probably think about what your whole turn is going to look like. Kyle, I imagine you as the birds, because it's like a programming faction, like, you think of, we have to, like, we delve, we have to see how a battle goes, okay? So we have to wait for those results. Then we right. have to rate, wait for the results of what did we flip, which relic, what numbers that relic. Oh, yeah. Right. Did we lose a card? Like, there's so many things to consider and communicating that with the group. It's I'm really proud of uh, my team, which is called Black, White, and Red all over. All right? Um, <laughs> because because it's your blood, right? Um, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> really proud of the team. But it is, yeah, it is no shortage of madness. Yeah, that is a lot of steps to have to consider and then always have to make a new consideration based on new information throughout your turn. We don't usually don't have to deal with that over in Crow. Do you guys feel like the best strategy rises to the top? It's incredible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do too. We, there hasn't been a huge like amount of debate. There's just been a lot of talking, but no no, no real forceful like faction wars within the Crowocracy. I I'll uh, I'll I'll cop to this. I w when it got going, I was so excited about the launch of it. And our faction was, or our team was first to pick faction. 
And I was told initially, I think I was asked to be a captain, but then I like did not respond because I, I, you know, there was a lot going on. And so I was like, oh, am I supposed to be making a decision? Like, are we supposed to be making decisions right now? Um, so I kind of like rushed our first decisions as a team <laughs> thinking I was a captain uh, and I wasn't. But those decisions did get locked in. Um, Who is this guy? And so, yeah, I have been like trying to like take a step back. You know what I mean? Like let people breathe. I've never done something like played something by forum. But for some reason, I felt like uh, I think I'm going to make a call here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, have you been sacked as um, defense secretary or whatever? No. In fact, <laughs> I, I kept telling everybody we need more captains on this team. I think we need to be the most captained team of the four. He wasn't Very even good. appointed defense secretary. He just walked into the cabinet meeting and took a seat and started asking some questions. And then people kind of looked at him and he quietly left the room. But the things I said became law. You know, that's yeah, the difference that is there. crazy. They looked really close at those bars on your epaulets and they were like, is that just pieces of gum? Like, what's, what's going on there? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, community plays Root. Two thumbs up from me. Uh, me too. I I was so when when asked to be a captain, I was like, I'm a little too busy for this. I I'll I'll check in when I can, and I didn't check in over the holidays. And now that I'm back, I check it every day because it's yep. really fun to see the progress of it. It's been a blast to watch. Uh, so check it out. I'll put a link to the Discord for the third time in an episode. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's worth it. Yeah, it is. We have one big piece of root news, and that's that the winter tournament is. Really soon. It's coming up so soon. We don't have an exact date, but it could be within the next couple weeks. So maybe when you're hearing this, give that Discord a check to see if games have been scheduled. All right. Let's get into the meat of this episode. We are continuing our World Cup coverage. That's right. We're talking about the Hireling World Cup featuring today's uh, athletes, the demoted side of the Riverfolk Hireling expansion. We're talking Otter Divers. Lizard Envoys, and Bandit Gangs. This is my Fufuzela. <laughs> um, yes, just to expand briefly on um, what hirelings do bring to the game, I, I think they kind of expand the strategic dimension a little bit. They make the ecosystem of Root just a little bit more encompassing and complex. And these... Hirelings are no exception. They're going to add just a little bit of dimension. We're taking a look at the demoted sides first. So, Sam, help us dive into Otter Divers. All right. Jake? (laughs) Kyle? (laughs) No, I got it. Otter Divers, the controller, and this is an ongoing effect, ignores rule when moving to or from a clearing on the river. Is your mind blown? Whoa! (laughs) The amount of movement capabilities is just endless now. (laughs) Um, No, so this isn't the craziest thing we've ever seen uh, from a root effect. It doesn't really let you move along the river like you might think. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it it should do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't because Boat Builders does that. Oh, but right. This yeah, that makes allows sense. them to move to and from a clearing on the river freely. So kind right. of like what how the otters move, except for they can't treat a river as paths. Now, sure. to be fair, this does actually affect many, many of the clearings in the map, right? Because it's to or from, not just from, right? Right. So with the exception of some of those outer edge clearings, which is just from one clearing to another that doesn't even touch water this actually can kind of has a lot of options although i I agree it's not as awesome as like move along the river right uh in fact when we get to special teams we'll figure out just how many movement options this truly opens up let me ask a question yeah so moving to or from a clearing in the river does that mean that if you're in a clearing next to one by the river and you're stuck there you don't rule it and you also don't rule the clearing that's actually on the river. You can just straight up move to it. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That is actually kind of great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It might be better than Boat Builders. It's hard to tell because Boat Builders opens up new paths that only you can go on. Mm. Um, whereas this this definitely opens up more movement options, but they're the ones that everyone has access to. So it's hard to tell for me 
if this is a stronger effect than boat builders or not. Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of gives you like a highway, like adjacent to the river, mm-hmm. that you can just sort of zip through uh, without needing to rule it. Now, I mean, to state the obvious, this really only will matter for factions that care about moving or ruling clearings. Right. So immediately, <laughs> uh, vagabond crows and lizards because they don't really move are kind of just out right we don't even care about these three do not care yeah um so who does that leave us left with who is this good for kyle i would say that this is probably best for the keepers and iron and the woodland alliance yeah those are the two that spring to mind immediately as being like oh this is super valuable yeah uh woodland alliance because then the strategy of camping their base is not viable anymore assuming that base is next to a clearing that's next to the river (laughs) yeah which is like (laughs) most clearings right Right. it really is yeah there's a lot um so while they control otter divers the board is gonna have to either wait or just trash the base or just kind of give up because like those those little toasts are gonna just get out Mm -hmm. break free uh and it also means that they can get through a choke point too even if you've like stopped them like with a cordon of Martial law, they can still sort of slip through, no matter what. The Keepers and Iron, I think this is valuable because, especially early in the game, if they need to kind of traverse the map and uh, make a sprint for kind of a distant clearing, this is going to help them do it. And you know, as soon as they get set up on the other side of the river, they're not going to leave. There's going to be sprouting badgers left and right. And lastly, I don't know, maybe the Eerie Dynasties yeah, could be I wrote useful? The, I wrote the birds down just thinking like, you know... You don't want to get stuck in a move. You know, you're always kind of feeling like the program might be a little tight and this might give you some extra flexibility for a safe battle or a safe build somewhere as a backup plan. It's true. I can see this helping in two ways. One is like late in the game when you have all those cards building up in your move column. Mm -hmm. Gonna help you not turmoil because you can always find like a random Mm -hmm. toggle back and forth with like one warrior, for example. Uh, And two is in the mid game or even in the early game, this would allow you to send like a lone bird or like a small kind of squad of birds to a clearing without caring about the rule, just so that you can like hit behind enemy lines. Yeah. I think that could be um, a cool strategy to use with otter divers. Yeah. Uh, But aside from that, I, I don't, I'm struggling to think of, I was like rats maybe, but I, it's fine. It, Dutchie, might, not it really. might be helpful. Yeah, Dutchie's not going to move that much. They're the good river, at mobility. F- Riverfolk wouldn't even be in the game. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's got to be it. Cats? This is, I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's an ability for it, cats. It does exist. It yeah, no, it's good. It doesn't sing with them in any particular way. So it, it buffs just a scant few factions, but does it really impact, like impede any other factions? Not significantly, right? I mean, how is the ability for you to be able to move impact the factions? Like it, like I, it impacts other factions if you're the Woodland Alliance and have this, but it doesn't like counter the Woodland Alliance for someone else to have this, right? Right. Um, I was thinking maybe the cats, um, because the cats kind of like to like build up their territory and be like, don't cross here, like this is cat land. Maybe the birds, too, just to, um, you know, sneaking behind the lines to hit a roost or something. I, actually, this is the thing, right? This helps to counter factions that have set up a forward kind of stronghold. Yeah. That's, like, packed with warriors. You can just sort of slip behind it. So, like, the lizards, the duchy, the eerie, anything the rats, where probably. you're going to have, like, a bunch of weak cardboard behind, like, a stacked clearing. This is going to help you sort of break through that. Um, but, but I don't think it specifically counters any faction super duper hard. Yeah. Yeah. This is just not a, an ability that goes against anything. Really. Yeah. It's a buff. It's a, yeah. an augmentation for your faction. So should we rush to get it? Is this worth like th- throwing off our usual, like kind of like patient engine building to like score some quick points to obtain this ability? No. Um, Great. Moving Build on. your engine. Build your engine. <laughs> Build that engine. You'll get it. It'll the be old, fine. There is, there is no circumstance where you're like, well, thank God I got this right now. Yeah. 
Like, especially <laughs> like you've already been walled in by turn two or something. Like, I just don't see this happening where this I mean, could help you. Probably like a birds is getting walled in kind of situation, I guess, but there's no reason to rush for it. It's just like, I, I need it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Any yeah, faction right. that's going to need to jailbreak with this card is probably not in a position to rush for this card. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, yes. right. yeah. <laughs> you guys mentioned it with birds and badgers. It's like, they're the ones I guess that would need it quicker, but yeah, yeah. not to this point. Yeah. All right. So card interactions. Uh, the one I came up with was boat builders for ultimate yeah. river mobility. It's just like a jet ski at that yeah. point. Um, I guess like something like cobbler too, uh, where you get a free move. You know, this interacts yeah. with moves. League of Adventurous Mice. Yeah. Those are interactions. It doesn't necessarily like, make those things better. Well, I guess it does. It gives you more options for movement. Eerie Emigre, I think, is a great right. interaction. Yeah. Because you can just send one warrior and always fulfill it. And then, or more ex- as well. But right. it's, it just becomes easier to fulfill it. Tunnels too, right? If you have um, tunnels, a piece, a crafting piece somewhere way out there. Right. Or, uh, yeah, if you have a crafting piece way out there and then presence elsewhere on the river, right? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Rivers. If your crafting pieces are, like, all occupied. Right, you could teleport regardless of rule if one of those right. is on It's just one less obstacle. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't all right. stretch for this one. Uh, so, for special teams, I calculated how many paths on each map oh, nice. use... Uh, regardless of rule. Good job. So uh, autumn is the best uh, with, I think it's probably because the autumn has five river clearings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 14 of the 18 autumn paths go to a clearing on the river. So that is nearly any path you want to go on. It's almost Corvid planners on the autumn map. So that's pretty crazy. This hireling definitely is more valuable on the autumn map. Then let's say the mountain map. The mountain map, uh, when all the paths are unlocked, is nine out of 20 paths, once they're all unlocked, uh, you can move freely with. Uh, when it's unlocked, like when all of them are covered, uh, I believe it's eight paths out of 15. So it's actually better when all the paths are closed. <laughs> it's not better. It's eight is less than nine, but the ratio is better. Is what you're saying? I guess so. Yeah, it's a higher percent. <laughs> I mean, nine is better. Yeah, but that's, that's true. brutal. That's is it because true. mountain the river only goes through three clearings? That's though, right? right. That's yeah. right. So then we get our two uh, kind of intermediate river maps, I guess, uh, with the lake map, which is ten out of the seventeen paths, and winter with ten out of the sixteen paths. Also, uh, I just don't feel like we've ever acknowledged on this podcast that the maps have different amounts of paths. There are more or less paths on different maps. That is wild. I actually hadn't considered that. Yeah, we I've never considered counted. forests. Yeah, building slots. Yeah. And obviously clearings are always the same, but yeah. paths are, there's more or less. Wow. There's a difference between, it's like 16 to 20 paths. That's a big range. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I counted them by hand, so I could have missed a couple there, but like, it's definitely not all equal. Yeah, that's really wild. Right. And actually, like, just thinking in terms of like restrictiveness of mm-hmm. these maps, Winter has the fewest paths and feels the most restrictive. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Autumn has the second most amount of paths and feels, like, pretty balanced. Yes. Mountain has the most, obviously, but they start covered. So that mm-hmm. one kind of makes sense. There's, like, a mini game built in. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it starts with the fewest and then has the most. Well, it's because we always just looked at the clearings, right? And we're yeah. just like, there's 12. Sounds good. <laughs> but, yeah, the paths are wildly different. Yeah. Well, I mean, that I feel like we've always kind of acknowledged that about the winter map, it feels like. Yeah, Kyle was just saying how it felt restrictive, and it might be because it has the least amount of paths. Right. I, I think that one always felt obvious to me. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I never really considered how crazy Mountain is once you unleash them all. Mm-hmm. Unleash the paths! <laughs> so, overall, we're going to give Otter Divers a couple of loose clams. <laughs> That's its score. That's the score. All right. <laughs> what, are, what are loose clams? Like, not organized neatly? 
<laughs> yeah, they're not in a box or anything. Oh, oh You're right. just handing them a couple of loose clams. Okay, cool. <laughs> These are just shells. All right, that brings us on to our second demoted hireling, and that is Lizard Envoys, Jake. Lizard Envoys, at the start of Bird's On, the controller may search the top five cards in the discard pile and take a card of the most common suit except an ambush. You cannot count birds as other suits, and you decide on suit ties. Ooh. Uh, yeah. This, this is good. Yeah, this one's good. Uh, I don't know why you can't take an ambush. Do they think that the ambush is the best card? I think they're saying it's too convenient to be able to get. I don't know if they're saying it's the best, but it's like there's also five of them. I think it's a thematic thing. I think an ambush is a combat card, and the lizards are like a, you know, <laughs> sort of ostensibly a pacifist type of faction, even though we know they participate in the, the war for the control of the woodland. I think that by excluding ambushes, we get focused on the, like, outcast type thing, like the lost souls of the woodland that are sort of symbolized by the discard pile. And so you get to visit all these like lost souls and like pluck one from their ranks to have them join your hand, your, you know, group of denizens of the woodland. They're going to help you claim the throne of the woodland. Even though you can't ever take a bird using lizard envoys, it has to be a suited card. You can. <laughs> really? You can. If, if the bird is the most common suit, you can take a bird card. Oh, you cannot count birds as other suits. Right. Oh my God. This is the one time where like bird cards. Okay. So it's this and it's bird dominance. Those are the two times when like bird suited things have to be specifically bird suited. Oh, and I guess um, lizards sacrifice. Right. Yeah. Love this. Yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10 on theme leader yeah. great job <laughs> yeah this one this one makes a lot of sense and and who who is this going to be good for obviously it's great for lizards but they can't use it right the card drawing ones are going to want it the badgers for their retinue right mm-hmm. right the um, woodland alliance maybe mm-hmm. the vagabond because t's come in all suits yeah the the items are really interesting in this because so many people might discard things that they can't bother crafting and suddenly they're open for you. I, I love the item implications of this. What My number one card interaction is craftable items. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, Not to skip ahead, but like that's huge. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I was trying to like think of a scenario where like early game, right? You get this, you craft coins. It comes back around you. They haven't discarded five cards. You know, and you just take that coins back and yes, you craft yes. it again. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. You don't have to wait for the other card. The card is there. <laughs> More than likely, you're just going to craft what the person to your right crafts, you know, uh, like craft the second one of whatever they craft. Uh, but even still, that's fantastic. Or if they use false orders on you, jump, I'll be taking that and I'll use it on a future turn. Yeah, depending on your faction, you could even use it this turn. Right, yeah. Because it's the very start of Birdsong that this um, effect takes mm, place, nice. which is also so great. Yeah. Crows craft at the beginning of Birdsong, so they instantly can just craft whatever it is, <laughs> assuming they have the craftables, but crows are pretty good at that. So That is just so wild. Yeah, so in some specific cases, I think this could be an incredibly powerful hireling. Yeah. Also, yeah, I thought this is really good for the Vagabond, just because a lot of times people are trying to keep items away from the Vagabond. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just allows them to kind of control their own fate a little bit easier. I mean, again, you're always going to be competing with what's the most common suit. You don't get to choose any of those five cards. But, you know, if if, you, if any of those are items, that's good for the Vagabond. Does it totally help the rats in the same way? Oh, you're right. Yeah, right? that is very helpful. Actually, it's just really great for the rats because it's a card draw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah. you're right. Rats have got to go on the list. That's. I was even thinking this might be good for the river folk as well in a weird way, because you could even turn this activity into a table talk discussion. <laughs> yeah. Which card would we like to add to? Ooh. Which card should I rescue from the discard pile? All right, so That's it's really good great. for everyone. It's specifically this is a straight good for everyone. buff. Yeah. Well, I also want to say for the rats and the vagabond, it's good when other players have it, right? So it's good it's in the game, because theoretically they're... Yes, building more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good point too, Jake. Yeah, not just having 
not just having the rats it. of the vagabond having it but just having it in the game for other players to incentivize item crafting so i i think then with that in mind rushing to get it is a viable thing i think it's probably good to do that because here's my reasoning the best stuff is going to be in the discard pile by about turn four mm-hmm. four to five that's when the deck is getting close to like recycling usually mm-hmm. and that's probably uh if everyone's just going slow and building their engines around the time someone would be able to claim this but even still i think grabbing it early totally viable um, well, Jake, the, when you think about card advantage, what's better, drawing a random card from the top of the deck or being able to search for a specific card to add to your hand, even if it's a little bit constrained? I guess the latter. But the thing is, is that this only allows you to look through the top five cards of the discard pile, right? That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. So, like, your stipulation about being turned four or five makes it feel like, well, what's what was in there from what just previously happened? Like Sam said, the person to your right is going to be dropping cards most recently. So, I think you, I think you almost always rush this, depending, I guess, what happens in the first turns. You know, I, I agree with you, Kyle. A lot of the most interesting cards are in the discard by about that round, but so many games I play people are popping in the best cards on their first turn. Like, I gotta do it now. Uh, that's also true. You're just like, yeah, I can't craft Coffin Makers right now, so I'm just gonna use it for, to, like, recruit or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially, like, with ad set, just, like, you know, you know, choosing the cards in your hand, you're gonna choose right. the best ones, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are very good. All right, so some card interactions. We talked about craftable items. Right. Uh, I kind of mentioned false orders being something that you can kind of get revenge on. I mean, it's just a great card. So (laughs) the ability to have that again is fantastic. Totally. What's better than false orders, but false orders more. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Uh, uh, We got informants just in case you really wanted that ambush from that discard pile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I thought sabotage is actually an interesting one where... Yeah. You're going to have to double think about using sabotage on somebody who has lizard envoys. Because if you're if you're right before them, then that card might be of the most common suit, especially right. if it's a bird card you're saboing because sabo is itself a bird card which will lead to those two cards probably being the dominant suit. The least the worst case scenario it's a tie for birds in that one. And they would right. choose. So when you sabo someone's bird card, you're essentially giving, making them having to take it back. You know, if it's a beginning of bird song activation and they're not the crows, then I guess you delay it a turn. Um, or right, coffin that... makers, you could like clear the coffins, I suppose. Sure, sure. Um, but it's some you have to be very careful when saboing somebody with lizard envoys. Yeah, interesting. They could sabo you right back. It's like a boomerang sabo. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about with this card is that Corvids specifically would probably really enjoy having Lizard Envoys because then they could exert for free. Right? right. They're still drawing a card and they can also take an additional action, which I think is super valuable. And in fact, I received a message from a longtime fan of the pod, uh, Scipio who uh, mentions that the Corvids do have access to decent card draw early in the game, but in the late game, when they have to kind of scrounge together those last points, they are often relying on that exert to to get ahead, and they obviously need to recruit and stuff like that. So they get a little more card constrained as the game goes on, um, is the argument. And uh, I just wanted to shout that out and say that was a great observation. Yeah. Thanks for, for pitching in Scipio. And if you guys want to hop into the conversation, feel free to join us on the Woodland War Machine channel on the Good Time Society Discord server. Mm-hmm. Can we think of any other crazy interactions with somebody getting an extra card? I mean, we haven't said it, but moles with an extra card every turn is frightening. That's pretty scary. It's um, really nice. Uh, and uh, Keepers and Iron as well, also right. pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess... Basically, any faction that's getting bonus cards is just, like, winning the economic game a little bit better than the other factions. So, like, okay. I, I don't want anyone to have this except me. I mean, <laughs> Marine Broker, I guess, if there's going to be more things crafted. Right. Uh, you said informants already, but I just want to reiterate how fun that is to be like, I'm taking a card. 
and an ambush. <laughs> um, I'm creating my own hand here. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like what's the the maximum amount of extra cards you could draw, but really that depends on because of like Marine Broker or um, yeah, Marine Broker, where it, other people can just craft outside of your turn. Um, but like this paired with better burrow bank, right? You're going to be getting mm-hmm. two free cards in birdsong to be used on your turn. I mean, if you are moles with seven cards every turn, you can win the game in five turns. <laughs> yes. Also, this with swap me could be interesting too. You can clog up your opponent's hand with a pointless card. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You just take a dumb card from like something, an item that is, has oh, no more cool. items left to be crafted and just like cycle that into somebody else's hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's kind of a fun, like, aggressive control strategy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you could use Sabo to do that, too. If you're like, we need to make sure they don't get coins, I could Sabo somebody else's card to sh- to throw off the Lost Souls, Ooh, you know, majority that's kind ratio, of interesting, right? yeah. Wow. Yeah, lots of things to, to juggle mentally with this card in play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, though, I'm going to give this one true and living dragon god. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Out of one. One true and living dragon god. Way, way up. Out of maybe one. We're not sure, but I give this one one. (laughs) Depends if you have the faith or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Our last competitor to this competition is Bandit Gangs. Jake? Ooh, the Bandit Gang. Ooh. When hired, if no bandit warriors are on the map, place one in a clearing with your faction pieces. Then, ongoing, bandit warriors cannot be battled in clearings with their controller's faction pieces. Once in daylight, you may place a faction warrior, excuse me, once in daylight, place a faction warrior of the controller at each bandit warrior, or place a bandit warrior in a clearing with a faction piece of the controller. Uh-oh, they recruitin'. Which is really all they do. Yeah. They just start, they recruit, and then they, these these gangs, their main crime is just loitering. <laughs> they loiter, <laughs> and then they get other people to join your faction through their yeah, loitering. Yeah, that's right. First they show up, and then you show up. Yeah. This one, I've never played with this one personally. This one seems really interesting. Um I love the idea of adding more warriors to the board. I feel like very few effects do How that. How many warriors board. are in this gang? Uh, there are four, I believe. There are four, okay. Yeah. I was kind of expecting there to be about 30, <laughs> which would be really fun. Yeah, that's an army. Uh, four is a gang. <laughs> yeah, but if they can't really do anything, it's just like this gang just keeps hanging out in the rafters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting free, you know. Secretly refilling their their sodas at the <laughs> They're just heckling the all store. of the armies that come through the clearings. They're just like sitting <laughs> in the trees, just laughing at them and throwing eggs and stuff. Skateboarding. <laughs> That's supposed to skateboard in a rabbit clearing. Read the sign. <laughs> yeah, this, in, this one's fun. This is like a little bit of an efficiency puzzle, too, especially if you're the first player to gain control of the bandit gangs. You get to place that initial war. You want to place it somewhere where you're probably going to continue to be for a minute. And um, the more of these warriors that pop up on the map, the stronger your recruit gets. But also the stronger your opponent's recruits become, <laughs> if they right. can get pieces in the same clearings. The other fun thing to mention is, as soon as you recruit the first time with bandit gangs, you can just leave those warriors where they are. You're going to be able to recruit again on your next turn. This, this can kind of compound in a fun way. If you have enough time and you can strategically place yourself in relation to them. Yeah, this one is a snowball of one. Also, we haven't mentioned, this is a demoted hireling that has pieces on the board. That is unusual. Yeah. Very unusual. Yeah. I mean, this is good for, I guess we can always say it's good for every faction. This is good for the factions that want more of the the presence, right? And want to be able to spread around easier. So, uh badgers getting on different parts of the map easier without having to you know move around people woodland alliance it would be amazing Woodland alliance this could be so frightening this changes the woodland alliance you can't early give game. this to the woodland alliance no, no 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 you have to keep away for sure because if you have four bandit warriors <laughs> and the woodland alliance is not in those clearings already that's the game you know <laughs> they, they get spread four sympathy free recruits. in birdsong 
organize, 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 organize. Yeah, that, that would be crazy. So, well, the thing is they would need some sort of faction piece in the clearing with the bandits in order to recruit there. No. No. Oh, it's only... Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Actually, that's, okay. that's way better. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that's even way better than yeah, I realized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they're not just sitting there loitering. They're sitting there loitering and then allowing you to just hop on the tree branch with them. Yeah. Oh, n- never give this to the Alliance. Yeah. Oh, my God. This, like... Yeah. I don't know, like, I can't quantify what it does for their strategy. I was going to say it just doubles their potential, but I think it quadruples it if really four or They out. just That's win insane. the game immediately. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. insane. Yeah, this is this is a no circumstances give this to the Woodland Alliance, unless it's at the very beginning. But even still, why are you tempting fate? Similarly to crows, right? It's like then the crows can already who are great at popping up wherever are now mm-hmm. popping up wherever plus right next to you. Oh, oh my god. god, Corvids would love this. With Lost Corvids City just this. popping up nine crows in a turn without blinking. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, I can also see a world where the cats love this because then they don't have to spend an action, a daylight action recruiting. This is they can so just good use for bandit cats. gangs. Or they can finally double recruit on a turn, right? Ooh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's maybe oh. this is the end game that's buff that they need. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's this one feels like you got to be careful. It, uh, even early on, it feels like you might want to not add bandits. You just you mean you want to avoid triggering them into the game? Is what? Yeah. You're saying? Oh, not add bandits. Not the, okay. I get what you're saying. You want to like <laughs> keep them low power so you don't. Yeah. Put, so when you give it away, you're only giving somebody yeah. one free warrior. You know? It also really helps the birds, even if they don't control it. Similarly to the whole rat situation with our last example, is that it gives them targets to hit. Right. Yeah. If they need to fulfill. But depending on which part of the game it's in, the birds may not be able to recruit. Yeah, no, yeah. the birds without I turmoiling. Feel like the extra recruit is not what they're asking for. I'm, but I'm saying if when they don't control it, too. Right, right, right. It's popping up little things to move in battle. True, Only when but, they. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go. And this kind of feeds into my next question, which is what do you guys make of this kind of persisting ability, which says bandit warriors cannot be battled in clearings with their controllers' faction pieces? So essentially, once you recruit one time, you will then have the controllers faction pieces in the same clearing with the bandits and then the bandits are not able to be battled so it's it's just with this like weird thing where like the bandit gangs love a pluralistic <laughs> society or something a clearing no, they're just they're just they're protecting their new friend for a day yeah ah that's it that's yeah, they're it. like bodyguards yeah it's it's interesting because it's like let's say the first controller gets them for a bunch of turns or whatever or the second one gets them for a bunch of turns. And they're like placing a lot of bandit warriors. And it's like you can't even do anything about their recruit capability other than battling their actual faction warriors. But you can't mm. battle the bandits. But as soon as it changes hands, uh, then those bandits are m- most likely up for grabs at that point. Well, you'd have to battle right away. Right. Um, uh, or else you, you won't be able to if they recruit. You right. Know? The other player would want to like get their faction pieces into those bandit clearings to protect their gangs. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, so this is the consideration then. It's like, where do you place the bandits? Do you place them close oh. to your base? Do you pu- put them in the middle? Do you put them in, towards the side? What, what, what's a good position for these bandit gangs? If I had it early, I would just use it for one extra warrior and I wouldn't place any bandits. Hmm. Because I would be too afraid of the snowballing potential I could give to another player. But if I was second and had it for four turns, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd go my base. Yeah, because, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I, I don't think you'd want to stack them in the same clearing. Oof. Because <laughs> that could be good, but then it's like, then you're giving your opponent, you're, like, you're a, concentrating yeah. your opponent's forces. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you'd yeah. spread it out in your back line. I think I would say I would this do. is like perimeter defense. Yes, yeah. Is like the way I would think about it. Like put it at the edges of your stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't put it in the heart of your place, you know? Because mm-hmm. you have to place the first bandit warrior in a clearing with your faction pieces. Right. Pick one that's kind of out there on, yep. the, on the rim. But then it's easier to pick off potentially i don't think it's going to be a big target see that's the thing is like 
Yeah, but like, are people gonna drop a single warrior into your back line? I mean, maybe. It depends what your back line looks like, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think if you got like four warriors at a building somewhere, like somebody's like, yeah, they'll drop a warrior there to be kind of scary, but I'm not afraid of one warrior there. No, no. And you know, the immunity... unless it's Woodland Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is like, think about this. This little like combo is you could, if you let's say you control bandit gangs for four turns. Yeah. You know. Magic Christmas Land. Yeah. Turn one, recruit your warrior into that clearing. Right. That's like sensitive for somebody else. Turn two, you place a bandit warrior there. Unless they're like being very proactive in battling you, they're like not going to be able to get rid of those bandit warriors. And then all of a sudden, it's now a big problem. And then if they even wait one turn. Right. All they can do is battle your one warrior. Those bandits are protected. And then suddenly you can now recruit every single turn. It's good. Bandit Warriors is good. And and like I said before, an interesting part of the game where we don't see a lot of design is like extra warriors in places. That's true. Yeah. Um, so who is it good for? We talked about a little bit. I feel like this is great for lizards. This is a dream come true for lizards. Just like extra lizards. <laughs> um, badgers. Uh, that's great. Badgers, you know, you don't have to spend the card to recruit. So that's more cards that can go in depending on where they are but having something in a like across the board if i just like pop up a badger somewhere then so i can helpful. turn that into a building i can start recruiting from there right cats we talked about like the double recruit woodland alliance is broken crows is like double crows i think um, i want to add duchy to this conversation as well because yeah. the duchy can pop up just one warrior in a clearing then use that warrior to sway a minister yeah i think yeah. that's a potentially a really nice ability for the duchy to absolutely have. Yeah, yeah for sure that's a good call so who does this counter well it's rats yeah, <laughs> yeah. as always <laughs> it's rats. That oppression, yeah. baby uh first of all we have a demoted hireling with pieces that helps other factions get more pieces <laughs> this is bad for rats you know the rats <laughs> default expression that's when he found out hirelings are coming out with the expansion he came out with <laughs> Like, why did you make me now <laughs> with these guys? Yeah. Uh, any other counters? I mean, Woodland Alliance. Uh, this is clogging up the board. This is making martial law easier, maybe. True. That could that could definitely be a, a factor for sure. I feel like if you are you are Woodland Alliance and you see it in the game, you're just smiling quietly, waiting, biding your time. Yeah. Well, you know? speaking of, should you rush to get it? Uh, if you're Woodland Alliance, I would. If you're if you're Woodland Alliance or Crows, you want it in the game as soon as possible. But again, it's not going to be as powerful. But like, you're not going to get it when it's really powerful. So, rushing for it early and getting warriors out and organizing before you even have a base down is kind of interesting. Um, but you have to have faction pieces. There, yeah, early actually. early it's just whatever. It's 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 the first person to get this is barely going to reap the benefits. Yeah. Flat I think out. the alliance is going to score too slowly at first to like ever have any hope yeah. of gaining control of this higher yes. leg. I would say if it falls to you, then like you go congratulations. You know, <laughs> you go. Uh, you spread to a rabbit. You uh -huh. spread to a rabbit. Right. You spread somewhere else. That's two points. You craft coins. First. Okay. Turn. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. much has to go just for any lay people listening so much has to go right in order to fulfill this plan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i hear you and I hear you. historically we've been like should you craft coins in your first turn is with an alliance no <laughs> no except yeah. maybe in this case it might be valuable would you think so kyle gun to your head right now if you had the option of crafting coins rather than putting that as a supporters to get this would you yes actually i would because having a single warrior on the board does fulfill or like contribute to the objective of getting an early base because it protects the sympathy. Mm -hmm. Now, sadly, you're going to blow up that bandit gang once you revolt there. But actually, maybe that's good because by the time you do, it'll belong to somebody else anyway. So. Yeah, if it belongs to somebody else, it'll get blown up. If it doesn't, it won't get blown up. It's interesting. I would say probably go for it. Why not? That seems fun. It's, it it's seems hard festive. though because Try it. <laughs> you have to put the bandit in a clearing with one of your sympathy tokens. Right. So yeah, you do get the free protect a sympathy, but moving out of there is going to be difficult. Any card interaction, Sam? Uh, yeah. Tax collector, where you get to remove one of your warriors to draw a card. 
uh, this it's like a free card draw because you didn't even have that warrior at the beginning of the turn anyway. So that's great. You can use it at your discretion there. And then the opposite one, Propaganda Bureau, where we uh, discard a card to get a warrior, it's like we can make double advantage of that. Or even, uh, or we convert somebody else's warrior, right? We could do that and then place the bandit where that is, right? So we A can, forward like, operating bandit. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He used to belong to another faction. Now he belongs to my faction, and I've got my gang with me. So um, <laughs> that's kind of fun. These guys fun. don't. These guys don't move. No, no. And they're only going to be replaced if they're battled. Right. And they're only going to be battled if their owner's faction piece isn't in the same clearing, which right. yeah. is going to happen pretty often because that's the best action to do. So it's mm-hmm. like once they kind of get in their position, I imagine in most games they're kind of going to be in that position. That's just where they are. Yeah. Unless you've got a bunch of extra battles to spare and want to. you suddenly realize that the bandits are no longer on your side or right. whatever. <laughs> Unless they get revolted or if they get favored or something, you know, it, someone's going to have to actually go and hit them for them to be replaced. Or another gang shows up <laughs> and they start snapping their fingers and doing a dance. Um, While they're dancing in the clearing, no one can leave. They have to watch. <laughs> that's, I mean, if if that's what that is, that the is Woodland actually band the popular band. Plays yeah. For him. yeah. <laughs> Does this help? This doesn't really help dominance. It could. It wants you to. <laughs> it could. All right, so here's the play. You get stretch. the bandits for four turns, okay? Uh-huh. You spend the first three turns just putting out bandits for the last turn for you to get three free warriors. Nice. In those critical All in rabbit, those rabbit clearings. clearings. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do we have any special teams? I mean, it feels like every interaction with the Woodland Alliance is a special team for this right. demoted hireling. Um, but realistically, I don't think this one's too tricky. I think this one is pretty much just once you get it, mostly you want to recruit because... Your opponents are going to use it against you to recruit more if you spend the turn placing bandits. So if you get it for a long time, maybe it's worth the trade-off. But yeah, I, this one really depends on the hireling control die roll. Here's here's one. I found one. If you're the cats, you throw the bandit at the keep. You keep those gangs near the inside because Ooh. when the bandits go over there, other people cannot place pieces at the keep. Very interesting, yeah. Um, it could potentially also be used on a snare clearing as well. Right, right. Yeah, I think that is is the big advantage. If you are one of those factions, then you can concentrate the bandits in that one clearing and and then hand it over pretty freely. Yeah, very nice. That's just a way to kill this uh, cool ability. <laughs> <laughs> or to keep it for yourself. Yeah. Overall, we're going to give this one three brass knuckles out of a possible five. <laughs> yeah, when I wrote five brass knuckles, I realized that means two guys have two, and one guy <laughs> just has one. There's not three guys? Or it could be five guys. <laughs> they each have With one. just one, yeah. And they each have overly priced burgers. You have unlimited <laughs> toppings, Sam. <laughs> what? And it, napkins. It's a burger. I just want the burger topping. <laughs> this is true, but I'm just saying, not unlimited like you can get like a gallon of jalapenos. I mean, like <laughs> unlimited as in like More. you can get everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never felt like, oh, this burger doesn't have everything I want on it. Yeah. Usually, burgers have the this ingredients. Doesn't have mayo and ketchup and buffalo wing sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just think I could squeeze more black beans on top of this bacon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, folks, those are the three demoted hirelings. Obviously, we got the next half of the group coming up, the promoted side of these hirelings. But of these three, like, what are our initial thoughts of how powerful they are? uh, Where does this rank with, like, the last group we dealt with? What what, What are our first impressions? I mean... To me, this one is like a very clear um, gold, silver, bronze 
mm-hmm. kind of a podium or like pedestal situation. And, all right, so I'm assuming bronze is otter divers. Yeah, yeah. I think that one kind of, um, you know, for as much as it floats, it does sink to the bottom of the <laughs> tier list. <laughs> and uh, which one is gold for you? I think gold for me is lizard envoys because, I I look, I'm, and Jake, I know you're kind of of this persuasion as well, but like, I'm just a big believer in the power of card advantage mm-hmm. in the game of Root. And, you know, just being able to pluck an additional card from the deck at the start of your turn opens up so many options. That's just going to be helpful. And, uh, to, yeah, it's just such a pure buff for you. And, you know, once it goes away, like, it doesn't hurt you at all either. You know what I mean? There's some considerations you have to have, but it's it's mostly just a pure benefit to you when you have it. Um, and it so, yeah, Lizard Envoys for me. Yeah, Bandit Gangs we best. talked a lot about with a lot of passion, but <laughs> what you're saying with the pure benefit of Lizard Envoys, with Bandit Gangs, it feels trepidatious everything you do. You're like, okay... I'm going to put a warrior here, but I'm terrified what that means when I lose control of it. Whereas Lizard yeah, Envoys are just like, I get it. There's eventually yeah. a small downside with Bandit Gangs in that once you lose control, your opponents can recruit yeah. at the Bandit Gangs. And also, it's just a little bit of a slower boulder to get rolling. Lizard Envoys is just like, right away you have cards now. Additional card every turn. There is the natural stipulation of only five, and within that stipulation, you have to choose the most numerous suit and a card from there. And there's four suits in the game, right? So you That's are true. You, you, you your choice, quote unquote, is pretty limited. But yeah, you you could be picking up some duds. It's limited to cards that people felt worth playing, or at least putting in the discard box. <laughs> the thing with Root though is like it feels like there's always something you can do with the cards. Yes, in hand. Yes. Like, pretty much always, there's something you can do. Both decks have plenty of S-tier and A-tier and B-tier cards. <laughs> as we yeah, and like we said, explained. if there's literally nothing at all you can do with the card you pull, if, if you've crafted Swap Meet, you can just give that to somebody else and take something good from them. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so we say that's the gold standard, right? I think that's the best so far. So yeah. if if we compare that to, like, the, the demoted hirelings from Group A here, we've got the Brigand... Right? The brigand can exhaust an item in their crafted items box, or the controller can, right? You exhaust a crafted item to steal a card from another player. Mm, yeah. Granted, it's a higher cost. It's not a free card, but it's you take a card from another player. So Yeah. And we didn't rate that one that highly. It's pretty limited, right? Yeah. It depends on the items you've crafted. You're going to be able to do that like once or twice in, in a, a game. You also get to take items from the ruins and remove the ruins once per turn. True. So that that one's pretty nice. The brigand didn't make it out of that grouping, right? No. So, you, so they're irrelevant. <laughs> it's true. In the competition, they are. I'm just saying like, you know, on paper... I hear you. We, we, the comparison, we rate this right. one pretty highly, yeah. but it is good a, to be consistent. A competitor that fell earlier kind of looks on par with this one in my mind. Uh, I, I don't know if it's our, if the lizard envoys are necessarily their abilities are gold standard. So there's no real downside. Well, yeah, for here's group my thing B, for group B. For group yeah. B. I think that lizard envoys is better than brigand because it doesn't matter what stage of the game you're in. Lizard envoys is going to be helpful. Yes. Whereas the brigand is kind of more helpful later in the game yeah when you've like had the chance to craft some things yeah and i guess if you're a faction that cares about having more building slots then getting those ruins opened up is like maybe helpful mm-hmm. but it still feels like on balance if there's other hirelings around you're probably going to go for those other hirelings before you grab brigand whereas for lizard envoys to me i'm going to like reach for that probably first yeah yeah depending on which promoted one you've been dealt right but yeah, yeah i think you're right so is does that make uh, Otter Divers the worst of the demoted hirelings we've talked about so far? I mean, we don't have to give everybody a label, but <laughs> yes, yes, Sam, it does. We can. Is put it the... worse than Bluebird Nobles, where you score one point for every three clearings you rule, and you you're tied for clearing? You just presents? want to live in the losers bracket and find out who's the loserest loser, don't you? You know, it, yeah, yeah, I do. Look, I do. Bluebird Nobles will at least get you some points. That's you what know I think is mean? cool about Bluebird. It's passive <laughs> will it? points. It'll get you at least one point, probably. I, I just told you, 
it, it unlocks 14 of the 18 paths on the autumn map. If depending on the faction, then one of those two is going to be slightly preferable. I think. Yeah, that's true. Over its lifespan, you might expect a, a couple, couple of yeah, yeah, yeah that's loose fair. change, a, a couple of loose clams, you know. <laughs> well, you better get a couple of loose clams from the otter divers, right? Otherwise, it's not better than bluebird nobles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, you're right. If, bluebird, if, if otter divers leads you into those points, then it's better. Bluebird nobles yeah. can give them to you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, how many factions is Bluebird Nobles good for? Like three or four? And then how many Probably four? How many factions is Otter Divers good for? Maybe like two three, or three. Two? Yeah. Yeah. So I, maybe Bluebird Nobles is better. Yeah, I think I think Bluebird Nobles slightly edges out Otter Divers. I, don't know. I feel like strict comparisons are a little difficult in this. Like just because they're both demoted, they do two wildly different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, comparing yeah, yeah, birds and otters. Yeah. Well, you are going to have to choose between these, Jake, in the game. Like when like, you unlock a hireling, you choose which one you want. Yeah. I, I guess I, here's the, here's the thing is I guess what I'm also saying is like it's not only is it hard to compare them, it's hard to compare them in a vacuum, right? Yes. Yes. So for sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's the podcast though. We pretend like things aren't situational. It really should be the name of this podcast, is it's all situational. Uh, we when we advance these through the next uh, bracket stage or whatever we're doing, we're doing yes. them as a pairing, right? So it's it's which card is the best because we right. did the, the forest patrol and feline physicians was our first favorite. half, that's second right. half, yeah. So that's the first half of Group B of in the Hirelings World Cup. We'll be coming to you soon with Hirelings Group B Part 2, the promoted side. Promoted And of sides. course, there we'll be talking about the Riverfolk Flotilla. Ooh, but, otherwise known as the Tortilla. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the community game of Roots, it's called the Tortilla. Uh, <laughs> the Warm Sun Prophets and the Highway Bandits, all of which, that's going to be a loaded second episode. All those are really good. They are really good. Warm Sun Prophets is such an iconic name. Oh, my gosh. That one is really good. Dude, the Highway Bandits are nuts, too. We're going to yeah, we're gonna talk to forever on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're going to. Can't wait to sink my little fangs into these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle, I've noticed that you, you, you're, you're not noticing your own reflection anymore. What's been going on with that? <laughs> well, ever since I went on this diet, this uh, special diet where I <laughs> only eat things unseasoned, um, <laughs> I've grown a taste for <laughs> more... Uh, Rubenesque foods. Mm. <laughs> Kyle, you always have to be invited into the Zoom meeting, and I don't know when that started. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You don't even have that setting on, Jake. How does that work? No, he just appears at the window and just kind of scratches at it lightly. I'm like Kyle, come in. <laughs> yeah, he always appears after nine thirty Eastern too. <laughs> <laughs> I dislike the warm sun prophets. Needless to say. <laughs> Well, gents, are you got any games planned? Uh, I got to. Yeah, I got to play some root before this winter tournament. Yeah, right? you got to get some practice in, right? Yeah. I've been practicing very hard on uh, browser root, just trying out different builds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm loving the community game. I'm like yeah, constantly lurking is, in there. Is great. It uh, is. I have no clue who's going to win this one. We were talking about some like Truly. T- tournament advice in the Discord this week. Um, and my big advice was get luckier. You know, if you really want to get all the way to the end, you're going to have to get lucky at some point. So I would, I'd start thinking lucky thoughts, you know, you're going to need all the skill also. You're going to have to like know exactly what to do at every given moment, but you're also going to have to get lucky a couple times. Very true. Very true. Also, I want you to write down, um, one or two, just like really quotable kind of like quips. And just like find a, ch- a chance to like sprinkle them into a game because that also can live on and that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, if you are curious, uh, Wimmies, you got to this far in the episode. This week's challenge is to write in more root pretty questions. <laughs> yeah, actually, though, we need those. Uh, we need them. We put a call out for them. Really, all you need to do is come up with some kind of root portmanteau. That's actually what the challenge is, is uh, DM either me or Jake, specifically root portmanteau. So we're talking, uh, Jake, give me an example of a root portmanteau. Um, like, don't be a sappers. <laughs> 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 
Sorry, that was. A, uh, <laughs> give me a root portmanteau. <laughs> um. Yeah. 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 Like. Um. I'll always be a rabbit dominance. <laughs> all right. All, True all or right. false orders. <laughs> There's a good one. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're hard. Let's see. They're not as easy as you want them to be. <laughs> Wake and bake sale. There you go. That's fun. That's fun. Mystic river folk There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. A call to arms trader. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Or a farewell to arms trader. Ooh. A visit to season seven of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> the season where Chandler's on drugs. <laughs> Duchess of Mudvane. <laughs> Yeah, uh, specifically the more metal bands you can throw in there, um, that would be great. Oh, actually, I know one. It's uh, the LeVar Burton um, special from the 80s. Roots! 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 I was like, reading Root Bow? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, or, yeah, we could, I don't know, throw some other kind of content here at the end, I don't know. Um, you want you want to just make new content? We can make some I, new content. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I was in. I don't have like a root per D really ready to go, but you like don't? that would be good to go. You know, that'd be good. Okay, that's I, an interesting I, idea. Is uh, have written a root per D. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just end the episode. No, that? no, no. Let's do a root for D, actually. Let's see if we can do it. Um, well, if you give me like 15 minutes or something, I could come up with a few questions. I can come up with... I can do it. What? I could do... Oh, what man, I'm so close. I could do four categories worth of questions. Are you serious? Let's try it. Yeah. All right. Let's try it. Let's try right. I get to play? You get to play. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh, this is an honor, honestly. <laughs> I've never thought I would dream to be able to do this. This is so special for me. Hey, friends, if you want to hear this episode of Ruperty and all episodes of Ruperty, go to patreon.com slash goodtimesociety and make any level of support and you'll have access to all of them. Congratulations.